This is episode 363 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's articles are Headaches, Part 1, and Selco, The Myth of the Perfect EDC and Bugout Bag. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Everyone, and welcome to a new week of podcast episodes. I hope you had a great weekend. Hope you got to enjoy some family, and I hope you stayed cool here in the Houston area, the city of Houston. Although I'm not in the city of Houston, but uh, did I do get the alerts uh, on Twitter and other places? I, I noticed that they uh, activated their cooling centers because it was just so hot, and so those are places I guess where people who don't have air conditioning can go and they can cool off during the day and so it's been really really hot and you know i don't know if i know that there was some you know the african sand or whatever that was it was blowing in i didn't really stay too much up on that um i know it's uh it's pretty significant in other parts of uh the houston area i guess i just didn't notice it in my area but uh, i have been feeling a lot of sinus pressure lately and it just sucks Actually, it just seems like I continually stay with the sinus pressure and the headaches and all that kind of stuff, which when I uh, came across this article here by Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, I was like, yeah, I'm going to read this one here because, you know, in a right now, when you can go to any drugstore and you can get any kind of medicine to kind of help you, you can use essential oils. I mean, we use one, uh, an allergy blend from Spark Naturals. I know there's a lot of other uh, blends that people use for allergies and things like that and for headaches and you know, you can get all this stuff readily available, but, you know, at some point, um, you might not be able to have access to all of that. And so, you know, having some knowledge about that, but I'm kind of uh, jumping the gun on that one. I do want to let you know, I did receive information from Legacy Foods that they are running a huge sell, um, you know, in preparation for hurricane season. I mean, we're in the middle of hurricane season, but uh, in just, you know, to, to be out there and to get everybody uh, as prepared as possible, they are offering 25% off on everything site-wide, which is a really great deal from the times that I have been an affiliate. I am an affiliate for them. Uh, So when you do purchase through our link, uh, that does give me uh, a percentage. But I just wanted to pass that on to you because that is a really significant sell that they have. And uh, so if you are looking for like maybe uh, a bug out uh, a, a bug out bucket or you're looking for some uh, you know more substantial food storage or you're looking for just specific items to add maybe you want to you know you want to add some uh, some meat uh, freeze-dried meat or you want to do some uh, vegetables or fruit or whatever whatever you know uh, they have all kinds of stuff on their website uh, you know you have that 25% off and that's only going to be till uh, July 24th and so if you are listening to this this is the Monday podcast if you are listening to this on Monday you only have till Monday Tuesday the end of the you know uh, July 24th but I just wanted to pass that along to you if that's something that you wanted to uh, to consider something that you've been in the market for there is a link on in the show notes and then also all over the websites over at the Prepper website that you can uh, link to and uh, the Prepper website podcast where you can link to uh, and, and go over to LegacyFoodStorage.com and you know, find out, uh, you know, take a look at what they have and then look at their, you know, on the very front page, they do have 
uh, a comparison as far as the big food companies and what they have to offer and then the price uh, for you know for for 2000 calorie count and, and and those types of things and so there's a you know a lot of good information you can go check out over there so that's the legacy food storage like always i'll have a link in the show notes and uh, you can just go over there and check it out and you want to make sure that you use the coupon code hurricane 2018 and that will give you that 25 percent off all right so let's go ahead and jump into our first article of the podcast it comes to to us from uh, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy over at doomandbloom.net, and it's entitled Headaches Part 1. So let's go ahead and jump right into this one. Medical issues that confront the medic on or off the grid can be obviously life-threatening, such as a heavily bleeding wound or seemingly benign, such as a headache. A headache might not appear to be of much consequence, especially if you're being chased by a grizzly bear. It can, however, be a sign of imminent events such as a stroke. Headaches are one of the most common medical symptoms that you may face as a medic, but you might be surprised to know that brain matter itself doesn't have any pain receptors. There are several structures around the brain that do, however, such as muscles, blood, or blood vessels, and sinuses. When stimulated, nerves associated with these structures can transmit pain signals to the brain resulting in a headache. Headaches are common components of flu syndromes and many other illnesses. There are almost more causes for headaches than you can reasonably write down. They include hunger, dehydration, stress, sinus or ear infections, sleep deprivation, teeth grinding, hormonal changes, caffeine or alcohol excess and withdrawal, exposure to environmental toxins, and adverse reactions to medicines. More serious concerns would include an imminent stroke, brain tumors, nervous system infections like meningitis, glaucoma, and much more. Evaluating a headache involves determining what the symptoms are, the risk factors like high blood pressure, what makes it better or worse, and a physical exam. The part of an examination which which evaluates the nervous system is called a neurological exam. Check reflexes, strength, sensation, movement, balance, coordination, vision, and hearing on both sides. It's especially important to note any differences on one side versus the other. This video is an excellent example of a short but comprehensive neurological exam. And so the video is entitled, How to Do a Four-Minute Neurological Exam. And uh, like I said, it's here uh, embedded in this article, and, and you can come check this out. Types of headaches. Once you have determined that the neurological exam is normal, you will have to determine what type of headaches with which you're dealing. The various types include tension headaches, migraine headaches, sinus headaches, headaches related to medical conditions. So a tension headache. By far the most frequent seen type of headache is the tension headache. Although the cause has not been established definitely, it may be caused by spasms of the muscles of the neck and head, anxiety, abnormal posture, or any of a number of other issues. Stress appears to be the initiating factor in many cases. Tension headaches is usually seen bilaterally on both sides and or the back of the head and neck. Sufferers report a dull ache and the sensation of a tight band of pressure around the forehead. Neck and shoulder muscles may also be involved. Tension headaches may last a half hour or they can last a week. Treating a tension headache involves relaxation techniques and NSAIDs like ibuprofen, Advil. 
Some feel relief simply by taking acetaminophen like Tylenol. Excessive use of medications, however, may lead to rebound headaches where the headache pain returns when off the drug. A number of prescription medications like naproxen or even stronger drugs are also used in severe cases. If muscle spasm is suspected, prescription medications like clibenzaprine or flexoril may be of use. Relaxation techniques include massage, regular exercise, yoga, meditation, and deep breathing. Cold packs to the affected area may help. All right, I got to tell you a funny story. So before I uh, went to the chiropractor, on a, try to, we try to go on a regular basis. Uh, it's just right now during summertime, it, it's been hard to get there since I'm working the longer hours. But um, before I started going to the chiropractor, I would have great shoulder pain. And uh, a lot of that, I, I suspect, probably years of working on Prepper website and, and different things like that. Uh, but uh, and, and then just you know from the stress of whatever. And so I would uh, go and get muscle relaxers. Well, you know, after about one or two prescriptions of being filled where this one uh, doctor that I was going to, he's like, look, we, we don't like to prescribe this one because it is a, uh, and, and I think I was taking Soma, right? I mean, this is back in the day. And uh, he's like, this can be, uh, you can get real used to it and you can get addicted to it. So we really don't like this one. And I would, you know, I knew that when I took a Soma, I wouldn't feel relief for about 24 hours because you had to take it for a while. So he gave me this one, right? It called Flexoril. And it was this small little pill. And I'm like, come on, man. This is like, I'm a big guy. This is a small little pill. I mean, is this really going to work? And he's like, uh, yeah, just try it. And if it doesn't work, you know, come back or whatever. So with Soma, I would take that like 24 hours, right? Like I would take it like it was supposed to every however it was supposed to be uh, prescribed. And uh, I could function and it would help me, you know, a lot with the pain that I was dealing with and all that kind of stuff. And then so when I got this Flexoril, I tried to treat it like uh, like Soma and I popped it one day uh, before going to work because I was in pain and oh my gosh it kicked my butt so bad I knew that I was I, I was like out of it uh, I could tell that I was out of it and people were like are you are you uh, feeling bad are you all right you don't look so good and, and I'm like uh, yeah I just you know I don't I don't feel very good but I knew what it was and this this uh, the the drug was just kicking my butt it's very very powerful for being a little thing there so uh, you know, and I haven't had to take that in years after going to the chiropractor. And we try to go to the chiropractor once. Uh, you know, if you're somebody who doesn't go to the chiropractor, you know, I used to make fun of of people that would go, and I'm like, yeah, that's a bunch of quackery. Can you, you know, you get in there, that crack, crack, and that's it. But let me tell you, that it, it works. And so uh, it did make a believer out of me. And so we go and we try to go once a week. Uh, sometimes it's like once every other week. But uh, it it does help out, definitely helps out a lot. And, uh, you know, I was talking about sinuses earlier. There's this one thing that she does that, um, oh, my gosh, it like, you know, she does this thing, uh, this rub like on your face or whatever. And, oh, my, you feel like your son, it's just nasty. You feel the drainage just like it just releases all the junk from your sinuses and stuff. And so uh, there's just a lot to it, right? Your body responds to all that kind of stuff you just really need to give it just a little bit of a chance and it works so if you're somebody out there is like yeah you're feeling some pain and nothing has worked you know you might want to try a chiropractor you might want to try a good one and you might go to one and realize you know what i don't like the way they do things because they all do things just a little bit different but there is a lot of use to that 
All right, so um, all right, so here we go. Let's continue on there. That's just my little story about flexural medicine and uh, but uh, in in the chiropractor. All right, here we go. Biofeedback training is another way to reduce stress that can cause a tension headache. This method uses devices that monitor heart rate, blood pressure, and muscle tension. It attempts to give you feedback to help control some of the factors that lead to headache. Counseling, also called cognitive therapy, may help by allowing you to voice your stress and find ways to deal with it. Other alternative therapies may also play a part in dealing with tension headaches. Some attest to the effectiveness of acupuncture as a therapy. Others use herbal teas. Herbs that have sedative and antispasmatic properties may help relieve the pain of tension headaches. Consider teas made from valerian, skullcap, lemon balm, or passionflower. Herbal muscle relaxants may also help. Rosemary, chamomile, and mint teas are popular options. For external use, some alternative healers recommend lavender or rosemary oil. Massage each temples with one to two drops as needed. I'll bet you have your own home remedy for tension headaches. If so, let me know what works for you. In part two of the series, we'll discuss migraines and other types of headaches, plus more natural remedies. All right, so I am going to definitely, when these other ones come out, we'll start reading the other ones because I know that this is one of those things that can help a lot of people, not only in SHTF, not only because of preparedness, but just every day that they can help you. I mean, everybody's dealing with this kind of stuff. Definitely want to get to the sinus uh, pressure stuff as well uh, because that, uh, that, that'll be all, that's always helpful. It definitely would be helpful to me. I'll tell you one thing that I do is uh, I do diffuse in my, in my office and uh, I do have that allergy blend. So especially when I'm waking up with the sinus pressure uh, already and I know that it's there, I go to the office and I uh, immediately turn on my diffuser and I put that allergy blend in there. And uh, it, it really, really works. Uh, if Again, I know that I was talking about uh, chiropractic uh, work there, but if you, have ever, if you haven't ever used essential oils, then that might be something that would really help you as well. I know my wife suffers from migraines and there was this one day where she had uh, taken everything. I mean, it was just, it, this migraine was not going away. And I had purchased some essential oils and, and this was before I kind of really got into it, but I had peppermint and, uh, you know, I, I said, look, peppermint, I have peppermint. It's supposed to be cooling. It's supposed to help. And so we tried it and uh, it, it, she, it worked. And she's like, look, it didn't take it away, but it helped to deaden the, the, deaden the migraine and the pain of it. So it's a little bit more bearable. And then after that, my wife started looking into a little bit more and she really uses the, the sinus uh, or the allergy blend one. Uh, and actually, she's probably sold more allergy blend uh, than, than anybody because she's always offering it to other people. There was a, a lady that I worked with who she had allergies so bad that she would have to get a shot. And uh, she, her doctor didn't have an appointment for her to come in for like two days and she was just suffering. And I said, look, I said, I know that, you know, you, you don't believe in all this other stuff, but just try it. If you're, if you're hurting that bad, just try it. And so she put it on, and of course, it kind of smells kind of spicy and stuff. Um, it's uh, LLP from Spark Natural. That's the allergy blend there. And uh, so I had a little a little bit of it with me, and so she put it on, and she was like, oh, it's spicy and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to smell spicy. And then she came back like after an hour or two. She goes, look. She goes, it, it seemed to work. It, it has helped. It's bearable. I'm not in pain like I was. And so she came back probably around noontime and got a little bit more and, and put a little bit more on her temples and then on the back of her neck, and it seemed to work. 
So guys, if you are dealing with, uh, you know, you're looking for natural ways, you know, the things with the essential oils is a little bit last for a long, long time. You can make roller balls, um, you know, and that will, you, you mix it with other, other oils. And so it'll last for a long time. And so, you know, there is, there is a lot of, um, true use to it. So if, if you are dealing with this kind of stuff, you really need to look into the essential oils and, and you have just another tool in your arsenal to deal with some of this stuff. Um, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's book, which I always talk about, the Survival Medicine Handbook, does have a chapter on essential oils and then herbal remedies and different things like that that you might be interested in. So uh, you might want to look at that one. But guys, uh, we'll, like I said, we'll look at the other... Um, you know, parts of this. So part two, part three, I don't know how many parts Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy are going to put out on headaches, but I think it's, it's relevant. I think it's really useful. So hopefully it's been helpful for you as well. All right. So doomandbloom.net, we'll link to that in the show notes. Our next article comes to us from theorganicprepper.com. And uh, this is an article, again, by Selco, uh, The Myth of the Perfect EDC and Bug Out Bag. And that's one of the things that is very popular in the in the preparedness community is like everyday carry. And I mean, you, you have everyday carry, even if you don't really believe or understand that you have everyday carry. There are things that you're carrying with you every day. And so just adding adding a few more items maybe to your preparedness, uh, you know, really make your EDC or really make you uh, a little bit uh, better as far as being prepared. And so, and then bug out bags are always a topic. That's one of the first things people want to talk about when it comes to preparedness, when really you should be thinking about planning and other things like that. But bug out bags are uh, a place and kits are a place where you should go to eventually. You should have these things in place. And so uh, we're going to go ahead and read this, uh, read this article and I'm going to go ahead and provide some commentary as well. Uh, as we go. Selco, the myth of the perfect EDC and bug out bag. In the survival prepper world, it is very important what you carry with you and just as much so how you carry it. But it is a giant myth that there is just one right way to do this. Despite what many people want to say, there is no perfect and universal everyday carry, perfect and universal bug out bag, car kit, or other gear. There might be some items or universal rules that every kit should have, but everything else is based on the specific situation. It is often misunderstood. You can see that actually when someone posts his EDC, for example, on a social media post that you are going to have probably many comments with specific suggestions, what is right or wrong in that kit. But the problem is that lots of those suggestions or objections are based on the specific needs or scenarios of the commenter. The suggestion may not work for the person who has that EDC. As a general rule, we can say that you may take advice about some items in your kit, but you should always keep in mind that you are building a kit based on your settings and needs. No matter how much we write or read about bug out bags, there's going to be more endless discussions about it. Reasons are simply because bobs are about having cool things that are cool to discuss and also because by having a good bob, we are trying to cover many problems that are going to emerge when SHTF. Over the time, we set up our own bob with tools and equipment that we hope are going to work for us. In a real life situation, there are chances that we'll be forced to lose our bob. 
maybe we'll be forced to swim across a river and that bag is going to be heavy for us or we'll be forced to run from someone or we'll be forced to give it to someone in exchange for safe passage or whatever. Being without our cool things when SHTF does not sound good, but there are ways to have the most important things when you need them. Here are some general suggestions about how to carry your items. Layers and levels of importance. The way of organizing the stuff that you carry may be through layers and levels of importance. It works very simple and it may be some general rule, but still keep in mind that it depends on your personal settings. For example, for you, it may make sense to keep your allergy medications all the time at the reach of your hand because you have a history of strong allergic reactions. But, for example, for me, it is not important because I do not have that history. Try to have your gear organized by layers and levels of importance. Another thing is how you carry all your stuff. Some things need to be available in a split second. Your field dressing, for example, or your allergy medication, extra ammo or food. You can find yourself in a situation where you will not have time to dig through all stuff to reach something. Your life might depend on that at the time. So layers. It is a good suggestion to have three or at least two levels of equipment on you. In reality, it looks like this. Layer one. This is the equipment that will stay with you even in very extreme situations. It is equipment that is directly on your body. It may be placed, for example, on paracord around your neck or on your wrist. Layer two. This is the equipment that is on your belt, inside your pockets, small waist bag or similar. And layer three, this is the equipment that you carry actually inside your bug out bag. The point of these layers, you can actually have more or less of these layers, it is based on your settings, is to cover as many unplanned situations as possible that may happen to you. And that may include losing your pack for whatever reason. You may lose your bob because you'll be forced to run really fast or because you'll be awakened by shots in the middle of the night at your temporary camping site on the way to your bug out location and you are in a panic. But you'll still have small waist bag on you, paracord on your wrist, stuff in your pockets and similar. You may lose the camping stove or the MREs in the bog because you lost the bag but you'll still have power bars and pockets, lighter around your neck, etc. The examples are many. Try to think in terms of the pillars of survival. Fire, shelter, water, food, signaling communication, medical hygiene, defense, and organized equipment in such layers for each pillar. Levels of importance. Another point of organizing how to carry your equipment should be based on what is most important to have immediately. A very common mistake is to have all the equipment needed to overcome hard situations but organized in a completely wrong way. The reason for that is many preppers forget that when SHTF and you find yourself moving somewhere with your stuff, very often it could be the difference between life and death, how fast and efficiently you can use that equipment. It is nothing spectacular, for example, if the S did hit the fan and you are out moving through a dangerous and violent situation, would you want your weapon in the reach of your hand on your belt or at the bottom of your bag? It is similar with other equipment. You have to understand what you need to have available immediately and what is not as urgent from all of your other equipment too. Another example is the first aid kit. It is very common for preppers, and I also see this often with students at live courses, 
to have first aid kits that are either tucked away in the bob or completely full of nonsense or both. Do you really want to find yourself in a situation when you are seriously bleeding and then you need to dig through your bob to find your first aid kit and then to dig through antibiotics, anti-diarrhea pills, plasters, and useless small scissors to find field dressings or a tourniquet? Sometimes seconds can make a difference. There are times that are important and there are items that are really important. Things that are really and immediately important need to be right on you and available in seconds. So taking in consideration layers and levels of importance, for example, and this is an example only, your first aid kit might look like this. First layer, a bandana on your head, neck, or wrist, tourniquet, splinting, bandage. Second layer, a sterile dressing, field dressings, provodine pads, alcohol pads, water tabs, allergy drugs, trauma shears, in your pockets, or belt pouch, belt bag. Third layer, antibiotics, anti-diarrhea tabs, existing illness medicines, prolonged care meds. Now, as I said, that is only an example of specific items because it is absolutely about your personal settings and conditions. For example, if you're diabetic, it makes sense to have medications closer to you. Or if you have enough space in the first or second layer, you can move items from third layer there. Again, it is about understanding what is important and what is really important and trying not to lose all your equipment when the situation gets really hard. You can use this analogy with every pillar of survival. So for example, when it comes to shelter, your first layer might be a survival blanket or a trash bag in your pocket and your second or third might be a tent in your bag. Sometimes you could be forced to hide somewhere and crawl inside that trash bag quickly eat a power bar from your pocket and be very quiet. Other times you can lose everything except a lighter on your neck, paracord around your wrist, and the knife on your belt. But still, those items can get you through a lot of situations until you reach a safe place. Remember, necessity, comfort, mobility. To refine this even more, you need to factor in these words, necessity, comfort, and mobility. It is a formula that may work well for you or get you killed. There is no perfect and universal bob. Even the bag alone can be wrong. It may look too much like a bug out bag and attract unnecessary attention. If you look like a walking store of tactical equipment, that is another problem. So again, using common sense in how you look by having all of those supplies in a bag and on you is really important. Comfort is a good thing. I like to feel comfort too. But in the formula of carrying equipment, it may blur your decision of how much you carry with you. I like better the word necessity, to have things that are necessary for me to live. Mobility is very important, and whenever you decide what and how to carry, think in terms of how far and how fast you can get with stuff that you carry. There is no perfect everyday carry and bug out bag for everyone. All this, and I didn't tell you how to make the perfect everyday carry kit and bug out bag. This is up to you, and again, it should be based on your settings, your conditions, region, distance. Our friends at Best Survival have a bug out bag checklist to give you a solid start or make sure you are missing any essentials. Check it out here. Good article. And the one thing that I want to add here is I like to um, think about modules as well. 
And so when you think about your bug out bags and, uh, you know, of course the layers, I, I like the idea of the layers and having items on you. Um, definitely you hear that from, you know, when people do write articles on bug out bags and stuff there or the, you know, the better ones do talk about that. You have your bug out bag, but then you have what you have on you. And I know that there's been other authors who have written things like instead of having a bug out bag, they rather have like uh, you know, a chest rig or, or, you know, something along the, like a big vest that were with a lot of pockets where they can keep everything on them uh, like that, right? Instead of having a bug out bag or maybe on top of having a bug out bag. So then you're carrying things on you and you have a lot more uh, pockets to deal with, you know, uh, you know, different things like that. But anyway, I like to think in modules. So you have like your, your fire module or, you know, whatever your pack there. Uh, and uh, it just kind of makes it a little bit more convenient. So that's what I would add here. I really, again, I'm going to go back to the layers. I really like the layers aspect of it is, you know, what you're keeping on you. Can you replicate? And, and I, when I say replicate, I'm not talking about like fully replicate, but can you have the important items that you need on you? And then, of course, you know, you have more of it or the bigger items in your bag as well. And uh, when, you know, because there are times I remember there's an article by Selko who when he was uh, having to he was getting away from from people and he was having to cross the river and he lost a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, that's been years ago, not years ago, probably a year ago when I read that one on the podcast. Um, but I do remember that article. So you might, uh, you know, that's something to to consider. You don't want to be completely um free of all your all your gear you want to have something on you you want to have things on you so uh things to consider there well guys that's over at theorganicprepper.com and you can go check that out like always i'm going to link to all the articles in the show notes and you can easily click over there and support the websites that uh, allow allow me to read their articles on the podcast and just uh, you know let them let them know that you're uh, that you're visiting them as well All right, so that is it for episode 363. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.